You are listening to True Insights, an educational podcast series for Australian health professionals brought to you by True Relationships and Reproductive Health, covering topics on reproductive health, sexual health and preventative health. True Insights aims to support clinicians in their ongoing care of their community. Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the First Nations people of Australia and pay our respects to Elders, both past, present and future. Today, we look at Breast Screen Queensland and common patient misconceptions about breast screening. Your hosts today are Dr. Megan Appleton, Medical Officer at True Relationships and Reproductive Health, and Dr. Alison Roper from Breast Screen Queensland. My name is Dr. Megan Appleton, and I'm a general practitioner specialising in women's health. I work as a GP in Brisbane's North and for True Relationships and Reproductive Health. Joining me remotely in this discussion today will be Dr. Alison Roper from Breast Screen Queensland. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Megan, for the opportunity to talk with you today. During today's podcast, we will address common patient misconceptions about breast screening. The aim is for GPs to not only be aware of these misconceptions, but also feel empowered to address them with patients and ultimately improve patients' confidence in breast screening. In 2019, Breast Screen Queensland conducted surveys with their clients relating to their experience of breast screening and factors that influence their breast screen behaviour. This research included a survey with over 3,000 women who were overdue for breast screening and a survey with over 16,000 women who had recently had a breast screen with Breast Screen Queensland and had no cancer detected at that time. These surveys found that there was a high demand for more information about breast screening prior to a breast screen appointment. This research also found that most women would prefer to get information about breast screening from their GP. In addition, one of the main barriers to re-screening reported by women was the belief that mammography was not the best method for screening. Also, women's main concerns about mammography were related to radiation and breast tissue trauma. These findings are reinforced by the fact that many of the queries and comments received by Breast Screen Queensland relate to women's concerns about mammography and the suitability of alternative breast screening methods. Now let's look at mammography in more detail. Alison, why is mammogram the screening tool used by our national breast screening program? Well, Megan, population-based screening using mammography is the best early detection method available for reducing deaths from breast cancer. No other technology has been proven as a screening test to reduce breast cancer and mortality. Evidence from mammography screening in Australia has shown that for every 1,000 women screened aged 50 to 74 years, approximately eight breast cancer deaths will be prevented. It's also estimated that using mammography, Australia's breast screen program has resulted in a breast cancer mortality reduction of up to 25%. Wow, a 25% reduction in mortality is incredible, and it really demonstrates the importance of the mammography breast screen. Now, let's explore patient perceptions of mammography. One of the commonly cited patient concerns regarding mammography for breast screening is fear of radiation and the risk of harm to the thyroid gland during a breast mammogram. Alison, what can you tell us about the radiation exposure associated with mammography and should women be concerned? Well, a typical screening mammogram involves two x-rays of each breast and modern mammography machines use the smallest amount of radiation possible to get high-quality x-ray images. At all Breast Screen Queensland services, the mammography machines are routinely monitored and tested to ensure the radiation falls within acceptable levels. And if we look at specific values, 
The average background radiation, which is ionising radiation in day-to-day -day life in Australia, it's about 2 millisieverts per year. The average adult dose in mammography is less than 0.24 millisieverts, or about the same as the exposure you would get from six weeks of ordinary background radiation. There is no radiation exposure to the thyroid during mammography. Also, the increase in cases of thyroid cancer has affected men and women equally, confirming that this cancer cannot be linked to exposure from mammography. So it's not recommended that a lead shield be worn during a mammogram. A shield does not reduce the amount of radiation received during the mammogram and may get in the way of the person taking the x-rays, preventing them from taking clear images. Right. So, Alison, as GPs, we can confidently reassure our patients that mammography does not cause significant radiation exposure and a breast screen mammogram will not harm the thyroid. That's right. And the benefits of early diagnosis and treatment of breast cancers detected by a mammogram outweighs any potential risk of radiation. Hmm. Okay, now let's review a couple more common patient concerns regarding mammography. Pain is one aspect of mammography that can be a deterrent to breast screening. What would you advise about this aspect of the procedure? So pressing the breasts between the two x-ray plates of the screening machine is necessary so that the clearest possible images can be taken. Clear images give the greatest chance of breast cancers being detected by the doctors who read them and the process only takes about 20 seconds. Some women do find this process uncomfortable, and a few find it painful. If a woman becomes too uncomfortable during a breast screen, she may ask the person who's taking the breast screen to stop the procedure. And if a woman has previously had a painful breast screen, she can mention this when she makes her next appointment. So it can be taken into consideration at the time of her mammogram. So what about women that have breast implants? How does this change the procedure? So mammographic screening is generally safe for women with breast implants. The person taking the breast screen will take two additional x-rays of each breast where possible to visualise the tissue surrounding the implant. However, mammograms may be less effective for some women with implants because the implant can obscure some of the breast tissue. The radiographer will perform views with the implants pushed back or displaced so that the implants are not on the image which has compression applied. In extremely rare cases, older implants may not be able to be completely pushed back and damage to the degenerating implant could be triggered by the pressure. So before having a breast screen, women with implants will be asked to sign an additional consent form that acknowledges understanding of these risks. Also, women need to be aware that identifying and reporting implant problems is not the role of the Breast Screen Queensland program. And there's no evidence to date that women who have breast implants are more likely to develop breast cancer. So as a GP, it's important to tell patients that the mammography procedure is uncomfortable and to acknowledge that it can be painful for some. However, compression of the breast is necessary and the best way to visualise the breast tissue to identify cancer. Knowing what to expect can reduce our patient's anxiety around the procedure. Also, breast implants are not a contraindication to the Breast Screen Queensland program. However, implants can impact the accuracy of the mammogram and there can be rare structural effects to the implants. Alison, you've explained the significance of mammography, but what about the alternative methods to screen for breast cancer and why aren't they part of the national screening program? Ultrasound is one modality that can be used to examine breast tissue and it is effective when used for diagnostic purposes, for example, after an abnormality is detected by a mammogram. So Breast Screen Queensland may use ultrasounds as part of a woman's follow-up assessment process. So it sounds like mammography is the best initial screening method to identify breast cancer. 
which may be followed by an ultrasound to further define an abnormality as part of the treatment planning. That's right. So, Alison, what about tomosynthesis? I've heard this can be used in breast screening. Um, what's the difference between the two? The tomosynthesis is a 3D method of breast imaging compared to the two-dimensional images used in mammography, and each method has different risks and benefits. The World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer did not find evidence for a reduction in breast cancer mortality when tomosynthesis is used in conjunction with mammography. And the radiation dose with tomosynthesis is increased compared to mammography alone. Therefore, as a new technology, there's currently not enough evidence to support the use of tomosynthesis as a population-based breast screening technique. Another existing technology is thermography, or thermal breast imaging. This is a technique that produces heat images of breast tissue. Studies have shown that a tumour has to be large, up to several centimetres in diameter, before it can be detected by thermography. Mammograms can detect breast cancer at a much smaller size and therefore are better able to reduce deaths from breast cancer. And less than 50% of breast cancers detected by mammography have abnormal thermography. So currently there is no evidence to support the use of thermography for early detection of breast cancer or reduction in breast cancer mortality. Okay, great. So we've discussed a few alternative imaging methods and concluded that mammography is still the most accurate and proven beneficial method for a population-based breast screen program. Now, let's review some of the misconceptions regarding private breast screening providers. A lot of people, including GPs, are under the impression that private screening means a higher quality service. How would you address this notion? Yeah, there can be a misconception that if you pay for screening, it must be better. However, Breast Screen Queensland is the only accredited breast screening service provider in the state, complying with rigorous national evidence-based standards and guidelines that address all aspects of the program. In all Breast Screen Queensland programs, two independent, highly trained breast clinicians read the mammography images. And these individual breast screen readers are subject to thorough quality assurance processes, which include consideration of their cancer detection and recall rates. In addition, Although Breast Screen Queensland does not provide same-day results, as some private providers do, it does currently exceed national standards by ensuring that breast screen images are read within four days. Results are sent to women as soon as they've been read. And women who've opted to receive their results electronically get them within a few days of their breast screen. The statewide 2019 Breast Screen Queensland Client Experience Survey, which included over 16,000 women, found that the vast majority of Breast screen clients believe the speed of results notification was commensurate with the fact that the service is free. So there are also some common misconceptions about Breast Screen Queensland that lead some GPs to believe that the program won't actually be able to meet the needs of certain patients, such as women in their 40s or women with a family history of breast or ovarian cancer. How can Breast Screen Queensland meet the needs of such women? Breast Screen Queensland does cater for women with increased risk for breast or ovarian cancer, by offering referral to the Breast Cancer Family Clinic, negating the need to send women with a family history of either disease to a private provider. Although the Breast Screen Queensland target population is women aged 50 to 74, it also offers screening to women from the age of 40, so that women in their 40s also do not need to be referred to private providers for breast screening. And if GPs would like to know more about the screening program, please head to our website, www.breastscreen.com. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our discussion for today. Thank you to Dr. Alison Roper from Breast Screen Queensland for joining me for our discussion. Thank you, Megan.
Thank you to everyone that joined us for this podcast to address common patient misconceptions about breast screening. We hope you found this information useful and now feel more confident in addressing these issues with your patients. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by True Relationships and Reproductive Health in collaboration with the Preventive Health Branch, Queensland Health. This episode is part of a greater educational package called Cancer Screening Education for GPs, funded by Queensland Health. Cancer Screening Education for GPs aims to provide up-to-date, critical information, resources and tools to support GPs in their central role in encouraging, educating and managing patients through the Cancer Screening Program. Cancer Screening Education for GPs is an RACGP and ACRAM accredited activity for the current triennium. To gain access to the complete educational package, register online today at www.true.org.au. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to True Insights wherever you get your podcasts. You can write to us at info at true.org.au and you can connect with us on our social media at True Clinics or at True Educate on Facebook or at True Org AU on Twitter and Instagram. True Relationships and Reproductive Health is a profit for purpose organisation specialising in community gynaecology, reproductive and sexual health clinical education and relationships and sexuality education. True would like to thank our clinicians and our expert panel of contributors that helped to make this show possible.